So like my know. nose is stubby. Yeah, both of us are having issues. We're having with issues. Our... Yeah. Look, I'm wearing one of our new shirts. Oh, I love it's it like so bookish. much. I love it too. I really like the blue on blue. I love two tone. Yeah. I was gonna wear my support your local witch's shirt, but it was turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crop top one yeah i keep thinking i'm going to get it, ever I love since it so much. on. it's like a yellow with the green writing on it mm-hmm. so yeah much. the the support your local which is crop top you guys it's a nice crop top yeah it's big it's like flowy yeah and it says it's not great. super short yeah you know? it's like a meet and greet <laughs> is that a thing <laughs> no <laughs> how so <laughs> it meets and greets with your pants but not fully <laughs> That's the best description of like exactly how I like my crop tops. And I'm also, <laughs> did you just make that? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to change those. We're not calling them crop tops anymore. We're, ta- we're calling them meet and greet tops. Meet Is that a thing? I'm, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, this is the <laughs> Witches Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. My name is Kara. My name is Megan. Yeah. Hello. Hello, podcast listeners. So, as we mentioned, this is going to be the last new episode for two weeks. We love you. I have to do some work stuff that's going to take a lot of time. Kara's life always takes a yeah. lot of time. I've got to plan a market. Oh, gosh. Which apparently lands right on a Gay Pride Festival Day in Lexington. And I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me this? Oh, yeah. So you have to miss it. Are, yeah. And vendors have already paid for these spots. And I'm like, well, I can't change it. Oh, shoot. I know. We are going to release for the next two weeks our favorite Tuesday episodes and our favorite Friday episodes. So yes. Kara's picked two and I've picked two. Yeah. And I think that's going to be fun also. It so does. Just so you guys will have something to listen to if you want. Yes. Okay. Do we have anything else we need to talk about at all? Go buy some merch. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and if you need something else new to listen to while we're off for a couple of weeks, yeah. you could go join the Patreon. Um, catch up on those episodes the lowest level the five dollar level still gets you all, all the, the episodes all yeah. the episodes and there's about 40 if you include the videos there's about 40 different things and you know that should keep you busy for two weeks yeah surely <laughs> i don't binge know so your heart will content. message us and be like i just started listening and then they'll message us again and be like i binged it and it's like a week later and I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like there's 150 something episodes yeah how did you do that but okay I'm, i love it though it makes me happy. i know it makes me so happy also, yesterday we went to Pet Highland Cattle. Remember, yesterday was the day. I didn't realize it was that close. No. Um, it wasn't the hype I thought it was going to be. Oh, no. They Why? have horns that can puncture your spleen. <laughs> the woman was telling us, like, they were tied tightly to the fence. Like, I thought it was going to be fun, like, laying with baby cows and stuff. Yeah. There was a baby that we got to pet, but she was tied tightly, too, because she likes to ram people with her head. So their horns continue to grow, and the woman said her spleen has been punctured so many times she can't even remember. What? Mm-hmm. Is that not, I mean. Yeah. So I was just like, no. Isn't no. that like a stab wound? Yeah. Just give me a Jersey cow from now on. <laughs> or those little bitty ones. Yeah. I saw a polo match Saturday. <gasps> it was very, very I love cool. polo matches. I've never been to such a thing. Mm-hmm. And it was Water really polo or horse polo? Horse polo. Oh, my favorite. I was working it. I wasn't invited. Well, that's fun. Though. I'm not that fancy. No. But let me tell you, I spoke to a lot of fancy people. Yes. Many accents. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was the great. Irish ones are my favorite. It was really great. Mm-hmm. What else did I going to tell you that just you just remind? Oh, spleen. Okay. Yeah. I have a story. Oh, man. <laughs> Randomly, you say spleen. And I'm like, I have a story. My brother, when he was in high school, he had 
been out one night, right? Uh-huh. And it was real late at night and in the town I grew up in, nothing ever happened. It was coming through town real late and they had part of the road blocked off and it was right near my grandparents' house. And so he got out and went up to be like, hey, what's going on? Just to make right. sure that my grandma, grand- yeah. Dog. And they were like, you know, there was just a real bad wreck and the guy fled the scene. So we've got everything blocked off because we're just trying to find him, right? My brother calls my granny and papa. Now, number one, my grandmother could not hear a thing. Right. Secondly, woke her up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Granny, just make sure your doors are locked and everything because mm-hmm. there's been a real bad wreck outside your hell- house and the guy fled the scene. Right. She's like, okay, Justin, thank you. Love you. Good night. The next morning was church. Mm-hmm. And whenever we got to church, Granny had been going around telling everybody about this horrible wreck that happened in front of our house and some boy lost his spleen. <laughs> He fled the scene. No, no. Lost, his, lost spleen. his spleen. She couldn't hear a thing. I love that woman. God, she was the best. I have lots of really funny stories about how my granny couldn't hear things. That's amazing. I'm sure at some point you all will hear all of them. I love that so much. I know. She was so cute. She was wonderful. So cute. Okay. This one is a mystery. Okay. It's a murder mystery, but someone was convicted. Oh, okay. There's still some mysterious happenings. There's, okay. Okay. There's a mysterious hue about it. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about Teresita. I'm sorry. It's going to be mispronounced. This is fun. Teresita Basa. She came to the United States from the Philippines back in the 1960s. Okay. And she was in her 30s. She came here to study music. So she had already gotten her undergrad degree. Back in the Philippines. And then she came here to get her master's degree at Indiana University. Um, Once she got that. I always wonder how you came from the Philippines to Indiana. I know. Like, what made you choose? Maybe they have a really great music program. came from wherever to Kentucky. Right. Like, what? What brought you here? (laughs) While she's working on her degrees in music, she also gets a job as a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital, which is just outside of Chicago. Okay. So while she's working there, she is also working on her doctoral thesis in music at Loyola University. And she also gave, I love this, free piano lessons to the kids in the neighborhood. Isn't that so nice? So she never married or anything. She just worked and worked on her degrees. And then she gave piano lessons. Yeah. Just living her life. I love it so much. So on the evening of February 21st, 1977, Teresita spoke to her friend Ruth on the phone for about half an hour. Just about nothing. It was a normal oh, yeah. day. She's going like to work chat. that day, did all her normal stuff. And before she got off the phone, she was like, you know, a friend of mine's coming over. But she didn't say who and she didn't say why. Okay. Um, she did say that it was a man. But, you know, it wasn't. She, right. She just didn't date a whole lot. It wasn't her thing. So yeah. Ruth didn't get any kind of feeling about it. Just that there was somebody coming over. Okay. And at about an hour after the phone call. Neighbors in Teresita's apartment building started smelling smoke. Mm. They got a little worried, so they called the building's maintenance man, and he immediately called the fire department and evacuated the building. By the time firefighters get there, the hallways are just filling up with smoke. Oh, gosh. And they figure out that the fire is inside 15B, which was Mm -hmm. Teresita's apartment. So they bust in. They put out the fire. It just takes a few minutes to put out the fire. And then that's when they discover Teresita's naked body oh. underneath a mattress. And she has a knife sticking out of her chest. <gasps> oh, my gosh. She was 47 years old. It appeared that whoever had killed Teresita had 
thrown a bunch of clothes on top of her and set the clothes on fire and then threw the mattress on top of that and to set that to on fire. fire. The fire had destroyed any physical evidence that might have been there, you know, and so the police did, didn't have much to go on. They could tell that there had been a struggle in the apartment because everything was kind of a mess. But since she lived alone, they really couldn't tell if anything had been taken because no oh. one knew what was supposed to be there in the first place. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. there was no one to say, yeah. oh, she had this and that. Right. So since she was naked when she was found, mm-hmm. they just sort of naturally assumed that she had yeah. been sexually assaulted, but she hadn't. According to the autopsy, there was nothing, no sexual assault. The only clue that detectives found was a handwritten note that Teresita had written that said, get theater tickets for A.S. as initials, which right away I think is weird. Like, why would you not just put their first name or whatever? Right. Why did you put A.S.? That's weird. Yeah. It's almost so weird that it makes me think it's a fake detail that got added in at Mm -hmm. some point, but also it comes back in later. So I'm like, I guess it's true. That's not just some weird fake detail, but it's Police had no idea when that note was written or who A.S. was, so they don't even know if it pertains to what they've found here. But they hang on to it just in case. Months go by, and there's no physical evidence. They don't know any. There's no reason that anyone would have murdered Teresita. Um, What they've learned about her, she's quiet. She's polite. They like her at her job. Mm -hmm. She's never married. She only dated a little bit. She just goes to work. And works on her music degrees. She okay. didn't seem to have any enemies. So it's like, why would someone want to do this? Also, just so brutally kill this like yeah. sweet woman. Mm-hmm. So then in July of 1977, so this happened in February. So we're just a few months okay. down. Detectives are contacted by another police department. And they're like, you need to talk to this guy. Dr. Jose Chuero. Um, junior had contacted his local police department saying that he had some information about Teresita's murder. Dr. Chua lived in a suburb outside of Chicago and detectives on Teresita's case were like, well, we don't have any other leads. We'll just go 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 talk to this guy. This is where things get really weird. Oh, fun. Okay. Okay. So when they go to interview Dr. Chua, I know I'm saying it wrong. We're really good at names, guys. He seems a little awkward and embarrassed. But he's like, listen, um, I think my wife, Remy, might be possessed by the spirit of Teresita Bassa. And the detectives are like, okay. (laughs) Wow, we came all the way for this. (laughs) Have you heard of BetterHelp? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Slash WFMM. Yeah. Maybe you should talk to someone. Dr. Chua's story is this. He and his wife were also from the Philippines. Okay. And Remy had been having dreams about Teresita. One day while she was asleep, she had gone into what he described as a trance-like state. Just catatonic. And she started speaking, but the voice wasn't her own, which is just terrible. Mm -mm. I don't like it. Mm -mm. It was a voice he'd never heard before. Nope. And she spoke in a different language. Nope. The national language of Philippines, which is spelled Tagalog, but I feel pretty confident that's, that's not how you pronounce it. Mm. And she said, I'm Teresita Basa, and I need your help. A man came to my apartment and murdered me. Please tell the police. Oh. Now, when Remy woke up, she had zero memory of this. And her husband's like, 
cool, 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 cool. Sounds amazing. I'm just not going to say anything about this to anybody because I'm a doctor and people People are going to think think I'm crazy. crazy. But then it happens again Mm. the next week. Teresita's like, guys, you're not listening. Yeah, pretty much. So Remy goes to sleep. The voice is back talking to Joe, mad that he has not gone to the police yet. Oh. And Joe's like, listen, voice, spirit, ghost. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm going to need some sort of proof. I can't just go to the police and be right. like, my wife is channeling a dead woman and mm-hmm. wants you to solve her murder. Yeah. And then the voice is like, fine. I'll do it. The man who murdered me is named Alan Showery. He choked me and stabbed me and set a fire. Mm. And then he stole some of my jewelry and he even gave that jewelry to his girlfriend. The spirit is very knowledgeable. Mm. And the voice was even like, here are the names and phone numbers for four different people who will be able to identify my jewelry. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is a highly organized This ghost, ghost had it together. This She's ghost is like, like fine, I will like, do this myself. I got you it. fools. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so this time, Dr. Chu is like, all right, I'll go to the police. (laughs) Mainly, he doesn't want his wife to have another one of these episodes. Right. And it's getting weird sleeping with two different women. (laughs) You can't handle it. Hey, yo. (laughs) So, as you've probably already noticed, Alan Showery's initials are AS, which is a really intriguing detail. Uh As crazy as this whole story sounds, police are like, well, we don't, what else are we going to? Yeah, exactly. So, they do a background check on Alan Showery, and they learn that the 32-year-old man lived near Teresita and also worked as an orderly at the same okay. hospital where she worked. Okay. So, now they're like, okay, I guess we'll just keep, we'll keep digging. going down mm-hmm. this path. So, they go talk to some of the people that work with Alan, and every one of those people remembers that Alan had said that he was going over to Teresita's to fix her television on the day that she died. At this point, I'm like, what kind of investigation did the police do here? Yeah. Like, they had the initials AS. They could have cross-referenced, right? Right. Who, who are works with her, who are her. friends, who are, yeah. Or even if they had just questioned the people where she worked without the AS mm-hmm. part. And some and all these people knew, like, yeah, Alan Showery went there that day to fix her TV. Yeah. But apparently not. No, they were stumped. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, we're just not going to do anything until somebody knocks on our door and says their wife is channeling her spirit. Until a ghost comes and slaps us in the face with this info. (laughs) Otherwise, what are we supposed to do? We ain't got nothing. No wonder Teresita was like, good Lord, I have to do everything. (laughs) I've got this then. So when police go to visit Alan at his apartment, they find him there with his girlfriend. Okay. And he very easily and willingly goes with them down to the station for questioning. Okay. So I I haven't mentioned this yet, but Alan is black. And I think that can't be ignored. Right. When we're talking about suspects' interactions with the police. Because a lot of people are like, well, he went so easily and willingly with the police, Mm -hmm. so that shows his guilt. And I'm like, no. No. Why? Yeah, well, I would think any person who just willingly, easily goes with the police is probably not guilty. It's just like, oh, they're just like, I'll do whatever you need. But also, 
this is a black man dealing with the police and we're talking about the 70s mm-hmm. i mean he's probably knows that it's in his best mm-hmm. interest to be chill. Yeah. so initially alan is like no i didn't go over to her apartment at all and then police are like well we have a few people who say that you did okay and then he's like um okay well i did go over there but once i got there i didn't have the tool that i needed to fix her tv so I left and went back to my place and we were having some electrical issues at my apartment. So I had to fix those and I figured I would just go back to Teresita's place later, another day. Okay. Um, there's another source that said, Alan said that when he got there, Teresita was like, never mind, I don't need my TV fixed. And he left. Hmm. But more often, I, I read the thing about he didn't have the tool right. needed. Some of this stuff, especially when it's an older crime like this, okay. it's a little yeah. convoluted. Later on, Alan's girlfriend told police, she's like, I don't know anything about electrical issues at the apartment and even if we had some he wouldn't know how to fix that right police also noticed when they talked to her that she's wearing some jewelry Mm. and they asked her about it and she said alan had given her a couple things in february a jade pendant and a golden pearl ring and remember february is when teresita Mm -hmm. was murdered remember how dr chua said that teresita had given him the names of those four Mm -hmm. people that could identify the jewelry police now contact those people they come in Mm-hmm. And they're like, yes, that is Teresita's jewelry. Oh, some of it was fairly unique pieces that like her dad right. had gotten her mom from France. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like something you could just, everybody's got this thing by Target. target. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's when Alan gives a full confession. Like once they identified the jewelry, he's like, fine, I did it. Apparently he had helped Teresita with lots of things. Like she was trying to obtain her U.S. citizenship. And he had driven her to the naturalization office a few times. Hmm. And anytime he'd helped her, she had always tipped him generously. Okay. Which gave him the impression that, you know, she had a lot of money. Right. On the day that she died, he had gone to her apartment to fix her television. But he also really needed money for rent. So he decided to rob her instead. And they think that the note about getting theater tickets for AS may have been Teresita's reminder to herself to buy him tickets as a thank you for fixing her TV. Oh, okay. According to his confession, when Alan arrived that day, Teresita let him into her apartment and he attacked her. Mm. And he had taken her clothes off so that it would look like a sexual assault, which I don't exactly understand why. I guess right. just to make it more confusing. But like, hmm. why did you want it to look like a sexual assault? Right. And then he stabbed her once through the chest. He was only able to find $30. Mm. He stole the jewelry and then he started the fire to try and hide what happened. Oh, my gosh. But I already have a problem. If he needed money so bad, mm-hmm. why didn't he pawn the jewelry? Right. Like, if all he found was $30, he needed money. He found $30, but he also finds his jewelry. Why didn't he? Maybe he thought, well, maybe they're going to look for things that were in her apartment. Maybe he didn't realize that. Maybe. And so, pawn, like, you can check records at pawn shops to see who. Who sold it. hmm So, the case went to trial in January of 1979, but... The first trial ended in a hung jury. Hmm. Another trial was in the works, but then suddenly, Alan decided to take a deal. He pled guilty and got 14 years for murder, four for robbery, and four for arson. He ended up only serving five years before he was released on parole. So, 22 years and he just did five? (laughs) There's always that issue that drives me crazy. (laughs) But the thing for him is this, I don't, I don't know if he did it. Right. It's weird. I'm still really skeptical if that AS detail 
is a real thing. I wish yeah. I could just like talk to somebody and be like, listen, is that real? When or did some sleep like tonight? You <laughs> try to come to me and tell at me <laughs> two or three o'clock in the morning. Ask Teresita mm-hmm. to tell you what happened. She might, but then she might speak it in that language that I, I don't understand. Oh, gosh, I know. Just shake your head or not. I know okay. somebody whose dad will have this reoccurring dream and he speaks in Russian and it's the same thing every time. No. And it's terrifying. Like they've recorded it a couple of times and I'm like, send that off to somebody and they're afraid to because it's, they're afraid it's going to be weird. I'm sure it's going to be. It's already weird. Yeah. Like, what was he in a previous life? Oh, that's so creepy. Terrifying. Or maybe some Russian man needs his murder solved. Exactly. Um, All right. So here's something. So Remy knew Teresita, Dr. Chua's wife. She did know Teresita, which wasn't immediately clear um, in the beginning. She had been a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital. Now, Remy and Teresita were once co-workers, but they didn't work the same shift. They had just met at Mm -hmm. orientation. Mm -hmm. But Alan worked there, too. And Remy and Alan also worked together. And they did cross paths. They did sometimes work the same shifts. There are reports that Remy had been afraid of Alan, as well as reports that Alan had complained about the quality of Remy's work. I also read some things that implied that Remy lost her job because of Alan. Oh, There's some talk that the whole possession thing was made up. Not that they are saying Remy had anything to do with it, Mm -hmm. but that Remy maybe suspected Alan for some reason. Right. Or that she had maybe even overheard him talking about going to Teresita's home. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, why not just go to police and say that thing? Why do you need to make up this big possession thing? So that's weird to me. Yeah. During the trial, Alan claimed that police had coerced him into his confession. He'd only confessed because police had threatened to charge him and his girlfriend on murder charges for something else. Oh. And so his story is the night of the murder, he'd had dinner with his girlfriend, and then he played darts with his neighbor around 7.30 p.m., which Hmm. would be the time when he had to have been in her apartment. Yeah. I think this is why it ended in a hung jury. Because when I first read it, I'm like, why is this a hung jury? I'm surprised they didn't just convict him. And it seems there were some articles I read that just made it like a fact, like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that was a forced confession rather Mm -hmm. than speculating. Right. So I wonder why did he suddenly plead guilty? If the first trial was a hung jury. Right. What made him lose confidence that a second trial wouldn't go his way? I don't know, unless they had other stuff on him for another case that they said they were going to end up bringing up or something. Well, that's what I wondered. Is it possible that he was coerced into that plea Mm -hmm. deal? It did say that it was like his lawyers advised him to take the plea deal. But again, he's a black man. I don't trust anything (laughs) that happens to him, you know? And I don't know if he makes decisions based on his guilt or innocence or just what he knows his odds are Mm -hmm. in the system. Right. There's no physical evidence to prove that Alan killed Teresita. Um, the main thing they have is the confession and like i said i don't even know how much to trust that because he says it was coerced we've seen time and time again how and why people might confess to a crime they didn't do and like i said the fact that he is black makes me even more wary of his confession Mm -hmm. it's not hard for me to believe that he could have been forced into it and that he could have just decided i'm just gonna plead guilty i may only have to get through this yeah yeah and that will be in my best interest to do Mm -hmm. um i did do some Googling uh, on trying to figure out what happened to him after he got out of jail. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot known about him. They think he went to New York after that. But there's also nothing that talks about some big, long criminal history huh. afterward. Now, it could just be that I couldn't find it. But right. from what I could tell, it seemed like he just kind of lived a normal life. I yeah. guess. There is also the jewelry, though. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, 
he could have gotten the jewelry from anywhere. Now, it'd be a weird coincidence, of mm. course, but he could have gotten the jewelry from anywhere. But he got it in February. She, yeah. She said that he gave it to her and said it was a belated Christmas gift. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if he did it or if he knows who did. Right. And got it from them as like, hush. Yeah. Or hide this. Because it would also make sense if you're the murderer and you're not going to pawn the jewelry. Also, why would you keep it? Right. Either way, it comes back. It right. be tied back to you. Right. So it makes more sense to me that whoever killed her would have gotten rid of it. But who knows? I don't know. Right. The whole thing is so strange to me. But like, did they report the AS note in the news? And then Remy's like, AS, mm-hmm. Alan Showery. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to be possessed. I mean, that part's so right. Like, I don't Yeah. Or maybe this all happened exactly like they say yeah, it did. Yeah, maybe she was possessed. Teresidic was like, listen, somebody's going to solve yeah, my murder. Somebody's got to do something about this. Yeah. And that's the end of it. There was no nothing else about it. No one else. But also, how would Remy know? I mean, unless she had worked with her previously and she was like, I have four close friends or something. But how would she know those phone numbers? How would she know those four people that could identify the jewelry? Yeah. <laughs> so then that's either... Teresita actually did it. Right. Or you get into really serious accusations about how much evidence could be planted. Right. And then that's accusing police officers of some really dirty stuff. And I'm not above that, but also I don't think every cop is right. It's just a weird story. That is weird. But it's real. Yeah. (laughs) That's a real thing that happens. It's not just like a made up. This guy pleaded guilty because a woman said she was possessed by his victim's ghost and pointed and said that's who killed me and that's then, who did it and then he went to jail <laughs> man so that's all um if that's anyone wild. happens to know anything else about this story i would really love for you to email us yeah. or message us on instagram about it or you can leave us a voicemail on anchor yeah but all the ways to contact us are in the show notes but the thing is is like of course you've got a story about a dead woman who you know right caught her own killer Right. So it's widely covered on like true crime websites and a few podcasts, mm-hmm. but it's all the same story. And I'm right. just like, I want more information yeah. and I can't find any more information. Yeah. It feels like a whole lot of the same stuff just packaged differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'd really love to know more. <laughs> I want to know if that AS note is real and I want to know more about the jewelry. Right. So, yeah, ma'am. Okay. That's all. That's wild, guys. Thank you all so much for listening every week. And like we said, we'll be gone for a couple weeks, but then we'll be back with more episodes. Yep. Okay. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.